You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogui, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to service. Welcome to service. Hope you enjoy the ministration by Crested Worship. All right, it's time for the word. And um, I'd like you to sit up, bring out your writing materials and your Bibles. You are still in church, and church is not time for you to be scrolling through social media. This is not the time for you to be doing other things, but rather this is the time for you to stay focused, and this is the time for you to stay, um, you know, um, committed to the study of the Word, all right? And I sincerely believe that if you stay committed and if you stay focused, that there is so much so so much that we can achieve together today all right um so throughout this month we've been going through the book of acts and we've been studying we've gone through acts chapter one acts chapter two and acts chapter three and right now we're about to go into acts chapter number four and um the reason why we've been doing a book by book study is because we realize that um I told you that the best way to study your Bible is book by book study. Subject to topical study can bring about many, many, many problems. So, for example, you could read things out of context when you study topically because you might not understand, you know, the generic context that the writer was, you know, writing within when you do a topical study. But when you do a book by book study, you are able to study in context and that is extremely important also a book by book study opens you up to several topical studies at the same time because in communicating the message the writer might touch several topics at the same time and um, if you if you've been following us through with our bible studies you would realize that that's actually true of our um you know study of the book of acts we've touched a lot of topics we've touched on the resurrection We've touched on the topic of speaking in tongues. We've touched on the topic of the apostleship. And um, we've touched on the topic of Judas. Where is Judas? In heaven or in hell? We've touched on all these topics because we are doing a book-by-book study, not a topical study. A topical study will help you um, answer, oh, what is the meaning of faith? And so you just do a, a wide search on the subject of faith in the Bible and that can be dangerous because faith can be applied in different ways depending on context. And that's why we opted for a book-by-book study. Right now we'll be studying um, Acts chapter 4. And um, I, would, I would like you to participate as much as possible. If you're watching us on Instagram, come and send the, um, leave a comment. You know, comment to follow us. Also, if also you're watching us, on YouTube, the live chat feature is on. Go ahead and leave a comment in the live chat feature. Chat with us and let's know how exactly this service is making you, is blessing your life. If also you're watching us on Mixlr or you're listening to me on Mixlr, um, go ahead and leave a comment in the comment section. We just really want to build a community around the Word of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your kindness. Thank you because there is nobody like you. Thank you because all we have comes from you. Thank you because your word is true and your word is always powerful. Thank you because we are changed as we read and as we see your word. 
Thank you because our lives are affected and our lives are affected for the positive. As we understand and go through your word, we pray that, we pray that as we go through the Bible study today, that your grace is going to lead us, that hearts will be changed, and then Lord, we pray that graces will be communicated in the name of Jesus. Jesus will be glorified and we will be edified. In Jesus' name we pray. Acts chapter 4. Alright, Acts chapter 4 from verse 1. And it says, and as they spake unto the people, of course you should know that when they said as they, they were referring to a specific group of people, either um, two people or three people, but it wasn't just any random day. And so to understand who they is, I will take you back into Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. Um, so, but then Acts chapter 4 verse 1 says, They. So who will be the day? Acts chapter 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. So the day would be making reference to the Peter and John. Do you see that? They would be making reference to Peter and John. So as they, Acts chapter 4 verse 1, as Peter and John spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Take note that um, it is not the Pharisees that came upon them, but the Sadducees. Why is that piece of information important? Because the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees was that the Pharisees believed in the resurrection of the dead, but the Sadducees did not. And so, um, when the Sadducees heard Peter preaching Jesus was resurrected, of course, that's what Peter said in Acts chapter 3, you know, verse, verse 14. Um, verse 14, verse 15, verse 16, all the way to verse 18. All right. Um, he, he basically was talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And the Bible says that when the Sadducees heard that he was preaching resurrection to the people, all right, they laid hands on them, which means they arrested them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now evening, okay? Verse 4, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. And that's the effect of the word of God. It doesn't matter. When the word of God is preached, it comes with faith. Romans chapter 10 tells us that now therefore faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. When the word of God is preached, it comes with faith. Do you understand? And so when they preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it came automatically with faith. Praise the Lord. And it came to pass on the morrow, verse 5, or verse 4, how, rather, he says, how be it Many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Listen, I want this to encourage you as a believer. You must understand that the periods of persecution in the church, especially through scripture, always, always, God always responds to the persecution of his church by increasing the number of the church. I mean, Peter, James, had just healed somebody and then the Sadducees came and arrested them. Why are you preaching the resurrection? Why are you preaching about the resurrected Christ? And they were arrested. You would think that the natural response of men would be, ah, let's hide away, let's run away so that they don't arrest us too. But rather, 
instead of that response, the response that you have is that 5,000 people were added to the church. And it was not just people. It was only men, 5,000 men. So we don't know the number of women. We don't know the number of children. But we do know that 5,000 men were added. I mean, think about that. 5,000 men added to the church because the word was preached. So believer, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what the world is saying about your faith today. I mean, if you go on social media, it looks like it is unpopular to be a good Christian now because you have between the atheists and the naysayers, it's very difficult to defend your Christianity. But let me tell you something. If you would only lift up your voice and preach, 5,000 men will be added to the church because you stayed and you persevered. So dear believer, persecution, let me tell you something. The gospel is not afraid of persecution. Jesus was telling his disciples, he told them, don't be afraid. They will persecute you just like they persecuted me. But the good news is that through the persecution, we can see consistent growth for the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, how be it many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, how did they know he was filled with the Holy Ghost? The next statement tells us how. Said unto them, so we know he was filled because he spoke. So when it's not like they saw Peter you know, he he, went, he suddenly had a seizure, seizure, and started shaking. Say, oh, now I'm pure with the Spirit. No, 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 no. No, that's not what happened. What happened is they asked the question, and Peter lifted his voice and began to speak. And when they heard the words he was speaking, they knew uh, this must be the Spirit speaking through Peter. All right, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of, of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good and the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Be it known that he's saying, if, if what you're asking us is how he healed the lame man, he says, Be it made known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you. Hold. Look at the boldness with which Peter proclaims the gospel. And this is the same boldness we would have you proclaim the gospel with. He says, the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead. It is by his name that this man is standing before you today. Verse 11. He says, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. Um, some translations say, which the builders rejected. He says, which has become the head of the corner, that is the chief cornerstone. Neither, everybody I want you to underline verse 12 in your Bibles. He says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given under heaven amongst men, whereby we must be saved. Did you know that if Peter lived in our age and time, they would call him a fanatic. They would call him a religious terrorist. 
they would say that what rights does he have to condemn other religions? But Peter was unapologetic. Peter said there is no name given under heaven amongst men by which we must be saved. None other than the name of Jesus. And it is with this amount of... Listen, let me tell you something about the gospel. The gospel is specific. And the gospel is, the gospel is, is focused, it's clear, it's sharp. Do you understand this? It's sharp. It's not, it's not broad, it's narrow. When the Bible says that narrow is the way that leads to life, it does not mean that the way is difficult. It means that the way is single. As, as opposed to the many religions that you have out there, you have just one way that leads to life. You don't have a multiplicity of options. You have a singular option that leads to life. And this is what Peter has done here. He said there is no other name given under the heavens by which man must be saved except the name of Jesus. None other. And so when you go out to proclaim the good news, this is exactly what you will say to people. No other name is given but the name of Jesus. That's the only way you can be saved. The world does not need another motivational speaker to get them saved. The problems of this world will not be solved by motivational speaking. The problems of this world will only be solved by the proclamation of the name of Jesus. And that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. We do it without apologizing to anybody. We don't say, sorry, we offended you. I remember talking to a lady and I asked her, have you preached to this young man? And she said, no, I did not want to offend him. And I said to her, do you think Jesus is offensive? Jesus is not offensive. No, 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 he is not. Jesus is not offensive. No other name is given under the heavens amongst men by which men must be saved. Not Buddha, not Allah, not Muhammad. No other name is given. The only name that is given is Jesus Christ. And that's what we proclaim. Regardless of what they call us. They, they call us religious terrorists. Whatever they want to say we are. We know the truth and we stand by the truth. There is no other resurrected Messiah. There is no other spirit of God given to make men pure. None of them. Only under Christ do we find such realities. Hallelujah. 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 Verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. This is beautiful. There's something that being with Jesus does in the life of the believer. Oh, there's something that being with Jesus does in the life of the believer. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. There's a kind of boldness that the, that the presence and association and fellowship of the Christ gives to the believer. Listen, when you walk with lions, you will think like a lion. And so if you walk with a lion of the tribe of Judah, you will think like he does. There's an amount of boldness. The Bible says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they knew these men were unlearned and ignorant men, they perceived that they had been with Jesus. Because only somebody who has Christ can speak the way they speak. Have we lost the boldness that Christ promises us? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of boldness. A spirit of, a, of boldness, of love, and of a sound mind. Boldness. We're not timid. We're not shy. We're not afraid to speak the truth. We go out and we say it the way the gospel asks us to say it. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told you last week, you owe the world an encounter with God. And only men who are bold. Listen, have you ever heard the saying that fortune favors the bold? It's true. It's true. Only men who are bold, only men who are bold get the job done. Anybody who is sitting back and is like, well, I'm shy. I don't know what people are going to say about me. I don't want them to think that I'm a bad person. I don't want them to think that I'm a terrible person. You will never get the job done. The world is languishing. The world is hurting. The world is in pain. And it requires your boldness, believer. It requires your boldness to get the job done. He says, they took notes of them and they knew that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed with them, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. That's the beauty of the miraculous. You can't fault it. I told you last week, everybody says something about fake miracles today. Everybody saying, oh, there are fake miracles around. We've got fake miracles going everywhere. But the truth is that you can't fault the real miracles when you see them. When you see a man who was born blind who can now see, you can't fault that. <laughs> oh, glory. When you see a man who had, who had a, a spinal cord disorder, he had been from hospital to hospital to hospital, and then the name of Jesus was applied to his situation, and he was healed. You can't fault that. You cannot. You can't fault that. The Bible says that they, they saw that they could say nothing against it, verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go out, aside out of the council, they conferred amongst themselves. Saying, what shall, we, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. He says that, look, they've done a miracle and it is notable and it is manifest to all that are in Jerusalem. And we can't deny it. And he says, and, but it's um, verse 16. Um, sorry, verse 17. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth no longer to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. And I love Peter and John. I love their answer here. Verse 18, verse 19. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God, so hearken unto you more than unto God, judge you. So should we give in to the threatenings of man? Should we give in to the, the, the social media ramblings? Believer, are you going to give in to the fact that it is becoming increasingly unpopular to be a Christian on social media? Is that what you are going to give in to? You judge whether it will be right to give in to the demands of man or whether it will be right to give in to the demands of God. So you want to look socially acceptable. You feel like, oh, I want to be cool. And it's okay to want to be cool. It's okay to want to be socially acceptable. But at what expense would you do it at the expense of your faith and your salvation? Peter says, you judge. Should we hearken to you or should we hearken to God? Verse 20. He says, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Verse 21. So when they had when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people, 
For all men glorified God for that which was done. And this is the beauty of the miraculous. It always brings glory to the name of Jesus. All men glorified God for the things that they had done. Verse 22. For when the man was above, for the man was above 40 years old, on whom this miracle of healing was shown. And being let go, they went to their own company. They went to their own company. The Bible says that just like iron sharpens iron, so does the countenance of a man, his friend. Being let go, they went to their own company. Listen, as a believer, you must have your own company. You must have your own fellowship. You must have those people to whom you can go back and say, hey, hey. Let us pray about this. Hey, this is what is happening. Hey, I need help with this. Hey, help me through this. Hey, oh, this happened. Let's praise God together. You must have your company. You must have fellowship. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1 tells us that through, he says, through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all forms of wisdom. That is, a man who desires to be lonely will surely fall into the trap of meddling with the wrong type of wisdom. Do you understand that? Do you understand this? So he says, they retired and went back to their own company. Listen, you've got to, you've got to value association. And this is why it's important as a believer that you go to church. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 tells us, do not forsake or it says, not forsaking the gathering of the brethren as some do. Don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. Why? Just like iron sharpens iron, so does the countenance of a man, his friend. You need to understand these things. It's imperative that you do so. Do you understand that? He says, and he says, verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own company. And not only did they go there, they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy, of thy servant David has said, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered against the, against the Lord and against his Christ. For a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel had determined before to be done. And now, o Lord, behold their threatenings. What are the things that constitute your prayers? What are the things that constitute your prayers? So, so somebody calls you and he says something to you. You're facing some form of persecution because of your faith. Because of your apparent commitment to Christ. And then what you do in that moment is that you start crying. No, don't cry. Brother, don't cry. You go and pray about it. You say to God, God, 
Behold their threatenings. Look at them. They threaten me. Instead of giving yourself, giving yourself over to burning and crying and saying, oh, why me? I don't know why all of this is happening to me. No, 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 no. God beholds their threatenings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And look at that. He says, Lord, behold their threatenings. And he says, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. I love the fact, you know, it was, it, it, it was easy for them to pray that God, they are threatening us. Take away the threatenings. Take away the persecution. Take away all the problems. I mean, that's a natural thought process. God, take away this persecution. That God, why would I be suffering because I'm a Christian? Take it away from me. But that was not what they prayed. And that's not what you should pray. They said, God, behold their threatenings. We can see that they are threatening. But grant us boldness. Aye, aye, aye. Grant us boldness. That we may speak your words. Grant us boldness. That's what I want you to pray. That Lord, in my family, in my house, grant me boldness. To speak your words. God, for my mother, for my father, for my sister that does not know you, for my brother that does not know you, grant me boldness to speak your words. God, to my colleagues at work, God, to my boss in the office, grant me boldness to speak your words. Lord, every time I get to the office, I bow my head to pray. There's always this guy that is laughing. He laughs about my faith. He makes me feel uncomfortable about my faith. He mocks me because of my faith. Grant me boldness to speak your words. Verse 30, and it says, By stretching forth thy hand to heal, that signs and wonders. So take note that they understood that signs and wonders will validate the ministry of Jesus Christ and the ministry of the believer. So not only did they pray for boldness, but they prayed to see healings. They prayed to see signs and wonders. They prayed to see the miraculous. Why? The miraculous validates the gospel. It says, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, oh glory to God, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke. So again, how do we know they were filled with the Holy Ghost? They just have a great Oh, now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. No, no, no. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. So listen, you can pray for boldness and it will come. Oh yes, you can. Yes, you can. Listen, let me talk to you about, let me talk to you for a minute. You've been praying for your siblings to know Christ. You've been praying, praying for your mother to know Christ. And then you know that, oh, you need to go and talk to them. But you don't, you are, you are shy. There's no boldness. Let me tell you what to do. You get into your room. You lock the door. You pray in tongues. 
You pray well in tongues. As you pray, you say, Lord, grant me boldness to speak your words. You pray in tongues some more. You say, Jesus, grant me boldness to speak your words. And as you pray, because you are praying, that, that, that reality that you already have in the spirit, because the righteous is already as bold as a lion. So boldness is a heritage that comes with your righteousness. Listen, that reality that you already have in the spirit, as you pray, it begins to rise on your inside. And as you pray, it manifests, manifests on your outside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God in boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said them of, um, neither said any of them that out of the things which he possessed was his own. That means none of them held any of the things they possessed in, like they, they didn't, they didn't do akagrom. Oh, it's my own. I can't give it out. Do you understand? And um, but they, had, the Bible says, but they had all things in common. Verse thirty-three, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Oh, glory to God. Great grace was upon them all. Verse 34, neither was there any among them that lacked. Um, no one lacked because everyone came. This is, this is a mentality you must have as a believer. No one lacks because everyone gives. It is good for us to pray for supernatural provision. Okay, it is good for us to pray for supernatural provision. In fact, we ought to. It's amazing that we pray for supernatural provision. It's amazing that we pray for God to provide. It's amazing that we pray for our siblings. It's amazing that we pray for people that God will provide for them. But take note that at the same time, no one lacked because everyone gave. So it is not the responsibility of the pastor alone to give. It is not the responsibility of a particular sect of people to give. Everyone is supposed to be involved in the giving process. Alright? Alright? Verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. Alright? Sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Look at that. I want you to go back and read verse 34 and let it inspire you. Nobody lacked because everybody gave. They went as far as selling their possessions. Do you see that? Look at, look at verse 36. And it says, And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation. Look at this. The reason, listen, they, they surnamed Barnabas the son of consolation because of he brought he, he was a source of consolation to the ministry of the apostles. As a believer, especially one who belongs to a local church, what's your impute to the ministry of your church? Are you the person who is always saying, give me this, give me that, give me... And 
You, you don't impute your energy. You don't impute your time. You don't impute your prayers. You don't impute your um, financial resources. You, you must understand that sonship is spelt responsibility. Do you understand? Every son must be responsible. Every daughter must be responsible. And one of the responsibilities you will have amongst the body of Christ is to make sure that the gospel is provided for and Christians around you are provided for. Hallelujah. So, verse 36, verse 37, verse 37. Having land, Joseph sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And so, this gives you an insight as to how the early church operated. I remember a couple of years ago, a couple of, I think this was in 2018, there was much ado about tithing. There was much ado about, oh, giving in church. And it's still that way today. People shouted here and there. And some people were about complaining. Oh, the Bible doesn't say that we should give 10%. That's under the law. Well, if you want to understand how New Testament giving was supposed to be done, read Acts chapter 4. They sold all they had. Hallelujah. Now, am I saying you must sell all you have? No. But I'm telling you that I'm telling you that the model of giving that we received in the early, from the early church is sacrificial. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I sincerely pray that these things that we've learned today, both the boldness and the generosity, I pray that they will find full expression in our lives. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word that has come. Thank you because we were blessed by your word. Thank you because we grow by these words that we have heard. We pray that as these words have come, the Lord, we are energized to keep them. We are energized to walk according to them. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.